I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What an awful, awful weekend if you are a fan of a Florida football team in this state. My goodness, they all went down. Whether you're talking about the University of Florida or EGADS, Florida State getting blown out by Clemson. How about USF finally takes their first loss at Houston. I mean, it was bad all the way around Miami, even earlier in the week. And then, of course, your Tampa Bay Bucks in what was an exasperatingly thrilling game, if you're a Bucks fan, but then ended uh, ended poorly. 37-34 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals in a game that they trailed 27-16, to and Ryan Fitzpatrick rallied them and had them tied, and they wind up losing on a field goal on the last play of the game. Jameis Winston throws four interceptions. We're going to get into that. What do you do if you're Dirk Cutter? What do you do if you're the Bucks? Who's making the decision in the first place, and who's going to play next week against Carolina? We've got all of that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Hey, before we get started, folks, you got to go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. There's a special offer for our listeners only here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Go in there, tell them you heard this ad from Rick or Steve, and he's going to give you 20% off all jewelry items. That's right, 20% off just for our listeners, all jewelry items. And Continental Wholesale Diamonds already has the best prices anyway. You're not going to find these prices in a shopping mall. Now you're going to get 20% off where you're looking for maybe a special necklace or uh, diamond earrings for your for your lady or perhaps you're looking for that perfect engagement ring go in to see andy he's going to tell you about the four c's of diamonds um you can get your jewelry cleaned while you wait as well it's just i mean this is the best prices you're going to get anywhere and you get 20 percent off all jewelry prices you can't do any better than that go see continental wholesale diamonds it's where i shop there at 1715 northwest shore boulevard right next to the penthouse club all right, so Steve, um, I'm at this game and I'm watching Jameis Winston throw it away, and that's pretty much what he did. I mean, this was an extremely winnable game. Cincinnati Bengals were beat up on defense like nobody's business. They didn't have half their defense. I know the Bucks have injuries on defense too, obviously, with Gerald McCoy and others that are out. But having said all that, you know, it was a winnable game, and the Bucks moved the ball up and down the field as they usually do. But this was one of Jameis Winston's worst games. He throws four interceptions, and not just any interceptions. I mean, a couple of these, they were knocking on the door, getting ready to score. Another one in the end zone that was intercepted, and he missed receivers badly. He threw it high over Mike Evans, did not protect the football again. Uh, and, and I think that Dirk Cutter was going to yank him, but then he hit a 60-yard bomb to Deshaun Jackson, who we'll get into because there's a report that he wanted to be traded. And then, you know, Cutter left him in. But – a little too late. Throws a pick six. Finally, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, and, and Fitzmagic is still alive, man. The guy puts up 18 unanswered points. Of course, you know, Chandler Cannonzaro had missed an extra point, so they needed the two-point conversion. He gets it, and they tie the game with just over a minute to play. But the defense, which had shut out the Bengals in the second half, weren't able to hold it, and they wind up kicking a, a game-winning 
I guess, 44-yard field goal by Randy Bullock, and that is it. The Bucks lose. They are now 3-4. and four. Exasperating game. And, 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 you know, I think, Steve, I think the Bucks are at a crossroads right now with what to do with their quarterback. I mean, I talked to Dirk Cutter after the game, and he was in no mood to make a decision now about what's going to happen next week at Carolina because he says... Today's not the day I have to decide that, right? I mean, I don't have any problem making decisions, and I'll make it when it's time's right, but now's probably not the right time to make it. I think that any reasonable person would say at this point, you got to go back and start playing Ryan Fitzpatrick. Am I wrong about that? It depends on who's making the decision and what your decision is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, if you're Dirk, if you're Dirk, it's a no-brainer. It has to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. You were questionable to come back this year. They, the Glazers bring you back. You call it courageous that they do. Yeah. You've got to win to keep your job. Yeah. And Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you the best chance to win. Players were saying that in the locker room after the game. Yeah. That Ryan put us in a position to win. But if it's Jason Light making the call or the Glazers making the call, mm. then the question is, do you think you have a chance to win this season? Or is this about the future? If it's As about this friend, season, if it's about this season, you're probably going Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? But no doubt, everyone still thinks Jameis Winston has the better talent. Sure, but he sure doesn't look nearly as decisive as Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, and he's not playing as well, and that's the main thing. And and you're right, you, you broke down the problem perfectly. Who gives you the best chance to win on Sunday? Well, based on what we've seen of Jameis, who's now thrown 10 interceptions, 10 in just three and a half quarters or so of play. He threw 11 all of last year, right? Or Ryan Fitzpatrick, who every time he, it seems that, you know, he did have the bad half against Pittsburgh, threw through three picks. I get it. Didn't play particularly well in the half against Chicago when they got down by five touchdowns. That was more of a defensive thing. But Fitzpatrick has balled out every time he's been in there and to bring a team back 18 points down on the road you just don't see that very often and get a two-point conversion this team believes in ryan fitzpatrick i'm not sure they believe in Jameis winston right now i mean it's just his body language is bad Jameis seems like he's searching for answers and doesn't really know how to stop what has been a lifelong problem for him which is not protecting the football he keeps saying i just know i gotta take care of the football uh, i gotta fix it that's that's really all uh, to sale, but I, I just got to fix it. But he doesn't know how to fix it, or he would. And the Bucks certainly don't know how to fix it. And the way they fixed it on Sunday was they put Fitzmagic in there and let him do his thing. And it and it just, the offense just looks different. I mean, you know, it's kind of choppy and sort of the way Jameis plays. You know, he plays the quarterback position unlike anybody I've ever seen before. It's frenetic at times, and so therefore everything kind of looks haphazard and, and kind of hurried and harried and all those things. And then, you know, when Fitz gets in there, there's rhythm. Um, there's the ball getting out of his hands. There's him being decisive when he runs. Um, and, and then there's, you know, Even more decisive than else. when he throws. Yeah, exactly. Very decisive when he throws and accurate. That's the other thing. He gives guys chances to make plays. When guys are open, he puts the ball where they can make a play on the ball. And we saw that. Right off the bat, I mean, he hits, you know, he hits Mike Evans for, you know, a 70 something yard, you know, touchdown pass. I mean, I mean, the guy, the guy played the way he had played really the first two and a half, three weeks um, when he was a starting quarterback. And I just don't see how anybody in that locker room right now. I mean, there's a lot of Jameis fans and a lot of friends and a lot of people that still believe in him. 
But I don't think there's a probably a player that doesn't know that, you know, Fitzpatrick probably gives him the best chance to win or not probably, but he does. And and yet you're right. You laid it out perfectly. Who's making the call? Because if it's Dirk Cutter and I'm worried about winning on Sunday, which is what he should be worried about, then I have to play Ryan Fitzpatrick because I have to beat the Carolina Panthers. If I can get to four and four, everything's still alive. If they lose to the Panthers and this team is three and five, right, and they're coming home to play like I think it's Washington, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and the Redskins are leading the NFC East last time I checked. You know, the wheels are going to come off really quick. They got some really difficult games on his schedule still. And you'd have to just completely either run the table or maybe lose one more game to have a shot at making the postseason. So this Carolina game, you know, come back home Sunday with a loss there and you're three and five and you're not you're not going to get there from there. So a lot of things going on, too, on the sides on the periphery. I mean, you had the report Sunday morning. I woke up. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network had a report that said Deshaun Jackson had requested a trade um, by the Buccaneers, you know, and they have until Tuesday at 4 p.m. when the trading deadline is. And um, nobody would really deny that that wasn't the case. I, I waited, you know, this morning before he got on the bus and talked to Deshaun. He didn't want to address it at all. Um, Dirk Cutter said he, he was unaware of him asking for a trade. Jason Light spoke on the pregame show and said, well, you know, I like Deshaun. We talked, blah, blah. Never said he didn't ask for a trade, but did make it clear that he's not going anywhere this year. Well, we'll see if that's still the case or not. I mean, that's another decision that you got to base on where you're at in the record and whether you can actually benefit now or in the future by, by trading someone like Deshaun. But there's all kinds of dissatisfaction. There was a re- an eruption by one player, a profanity-laced thing that got on the radio um, that was just one guy screaming because he's tired of losing and you know, you're starting to see you're starting to see some fraying going on. And so this this season is on the brink. It's in a critical juncture. And you've got a quarterback that has no confidence and, quite frankly, a team that has lost confidence in him. So, I mean, I don't know how the owners, in, you know, how you can be fair to Dirk Cutter. I know he works for them, but I don't know how you can be fair to Dirk Cutter and say, look, you need to win football games or we're going to fire you. And then but then say, but we're going to pick your quarterback. I mean, that's sort of the position it seems like he might be in. So if they want to win, I think they play Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they want to continue down the the road of we've got nine weeks to evaluate Jameis and find out whether he can be our guy, then Jameis Winston will definitely play. And I don't think that he's going to win enough games to save Dirk Cutter's job. Well, I I think the bigger part of this, too, if you're the owners, is, okay, you could pick the quarterback, and if you're trying to, if you want to pick Jameis to play the rest of the season because this is about the future and, and still building for him, but it's it's apparent the team plays differently for Fitzpatrick than Jameis. Sure. And so if you put if you force Jameis in at this point, you may lose the team. Well, I think they as will as an organization. I mean, it started. Yeah. Look, Deshaun Jackson started this after week two when he said, "Oh, Fitzpatrick's got to play over Jameis." Yep. When he got off to the hot knew. start, Demar yeah. Dotson today, Fitzpatrick came in and gave us a chance to win. Right. I, the players are telling you, yep. we believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick. It doesn't mean they yep. don't believe in Jameis. No, they, they don't. And it doesn't they, mean they, they don't like Jameis, but no. Fitzpatrick is, is performing. And performing right. at a high level that's putting them in a position to win. Jameis is, is potentially costing them games. And let's not forget one other fact of, you know, Jameis threw four picks today and it's probably a big reason they lost the game. But the defense dug themselves a big hole again. Oh, yeah, they did. Sure. And, and that keeps happening. 
which which makes it you know it, it it means you start making some more riskier passes as a quarterback. It's not, I'm not it's not an excuse for Jameis because a lot of those throws were awful, right? But your defense putting you in holes doesn't help you. No, it doesn't, and it, and it's not going to get much better. And that's that's why you know as an offense, look, they're the number one offense in the National Football League in terms of yards and in passing, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. The, the the Los Angeles Rams, so they have the players that can make plays, and they have depth, and they have it at with the right wide receiver position and the tight end position, and even Peyton Barber ran the ball okay today. Their offensive line is obviously good enough. Now they gave up five sacks, but I don't know how many of those were Jameis, you know, trying to hold the ball too long, that sort of thing. So when you have an offense that can that can put up points, you know, you might be able to live with allowing 24, 26 points a game, you know what I mean? And still outscore people 30 something to whatever. I mean, hell they scored, you know, 34 today and lost, you know, there, there were, I can remember, I can remember almost a month going by and the bucks didn't score 34 points back in the day. I mean, collectively, you know, this, this is what you're wasting. You're wasting playmakers all over the field because you turn the ball over, not because other teams are stopping you, I mean, they did beat the New Orleans Saints 48 to 40. It wasn't like their defense played well, you know. You know, they gave up a ton of points in the second half to the Philadelphia Eagles, but still managed to win. So it's that sort of thing that you just got to find your way. But with without the right guy pulling the trigger, then it's just you know you move the ball and you, you get all these yards and you don't score and you get behind and the defense is on the field too long because you're throwing interceptions and they're giving them short fields. And this is what it looks like. So I have never seen Jameis at a crossroads since he's been here. I mean, you know, early on he threw a lot of picks. His first his first pass ever, of course, was a pick six. But he was resilient. He shook it off. And then last year, even though he was hurt, I think the whole the whole season for him last year was about his injury and trying to play through a bad shoulder and probably shouldn't have. And he lost those games. And then when he came back, he played better. But this season was supposed to be his best season. And when they made the move to him, I understood it because I felt like, well, he played really well in the preseason, and let's let's not kid ourselves. Ryan Fitzpatrick's 35. He's not going to take anyone to a Super Bowl. But you know what? The guy has completely uh, melted down, and, and I think he's at a loss. I think he doesn't know why he continues to throw the ball in areas that, that he shouldn't throw it, and I don't think you can fix it right now. You know, The problem is if you go away from him, then you're not coming back. You know what I mean? Because if Fitzpatrick plays well and you start winning some games, or even if you don't, but you're you're in them and you're not throwing the ball, throwing the game away, um, you know what's the point of going back to Jameis for unless it's the last couple weeks of the year and you know you're out of the playoffs. So it's a real thing right now. I mean, this is a crossroads like I've never seen before with this franchise. And 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 I think you could make a strong argument that you know what, fourth year with Jameis Winston. Still turning the ball over, still had problems off the field that got him suspended the first three weeks this year. You know what? He may go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl, um, like Steve Young and Trent Dilfer and Doug Williams and you know all those guys did, and that's going to be painful for Tampa Bay fans to watch. But can he make it work here? You know, or is there already starting to be too much sort of water under the bridge for him to to make this work? Sometimes a fresh start is what a guy needs, mm-hmm. and for a lot of different reasons here. You know, from 
not just what you know what's happening on the field, but even some of the off field stuff that's mm-hmm. happened with him. That you know maybe a fresh start is what he needs. Could or, be, or, or maybe this is all he's ever going to be. That's also possible too. A lot of talent, but if he can't, and, and look, Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions, and there are some quarterbacks that do, and you can't. He stopped. He stopped. Well, he stopped, but I mean, he never really stopped. But he, like, he went from forty-four touchdowns and forty-four interceptions to a hundred touchdowns and, but it's, it's, you know, fifty it, yeah. interceptions. It's the situations that you throw them in, right? You know, there are times to take that shot, and if it gets picked off, it gets picked off. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then there are other times where you've got to protect the ball at all costs. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I mean, they, it, I don't know where any of the other coaches stand on this. And, and even for that matter, I mean, I got the sense tonight that Cutter has reached his limit. I mean, he has to have, right? I mean, how would you like to have your dream job, right? And it rests on one employee that you have, your company has a lot of money invested in, but you have to keep working with this person. And you know, in your heart of hearts that this person is going to get you fired. I mean, th- you know, Jameis Winston, and Jameis said something about, you know, tonight. You know, it, it was it was very humbling. Well, there's been a lot of humbling of Jameis Winston this year when you look at the three-game suspension and not being on the stadium, not being a captain. Okay, so if he's anything, he should be humbled. But he was benched, and he said he was humbled, which is probably, you know, probably a good thing. But it, it didn't change the fact that you've got a wobbly quarterback with no confidence now that the team is not confident in. And, and I think that's the point you made earlier that was the best one, which is the players know, okay, they know. They could they could all sell themselves on why Fitzpatrick wasn't playing when they put went to Jameis, you know, after the Chicago game. They could all see that. They could understand that. You know, Jameis had just played a half, and they had, were confident in what he had done in the preseason. They were confident that – with those weapons, you know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick could do that, what will Jameis do, right? Well, now the opposite is true. Now that he's been out there long enough and made so many turnovers that they also, and they've seen Fitzpatrick again come in and again rally them. And so now you can't fool anybody in that locker room and say, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't give us the best chance to win. You know what? Jameis does. There's no one that's going to buy that. And that's what you run the risk of is, you know, even though, like you said, people like Jameis, they root for Jameis. I mean, Mike, you know, Mike Evans was saying, hey, I should have climbed the ladder and caught this ball that was way over my head because I'm one of the best receivers in the world. There's no way he could have caught that ball. But he's still saying, I let Jameis down. I let Jameis down. So there's fans of Jameis in there. But I don't think there's a player in his heart of hearts that doesn't know that the way he's playing is going to get them beat. And and the best chance they have now is with Fitzpatrick. And that's not a guarantee that he's going to win, but at least you have a better chance of winning. Well, you feel more confident going into the game. And, and mm-hmm. not from a fan's I'm talking a player perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen it now. Jameis has played several games this year. You saw what Fitzpatrick did to start the season. Right. You know, at this point, at this time, this season, Ryan Fitzpatrick gives you the best chance to win if you're the Bucks. period. It just does. And it we'll it doesn't mean Sunday. next year Jameis won't be better than Fitzpatrick. No. And, it, and, and you know what? Maybe later in the year, circumstances change. I don't know what would change, but let's just be honest. you got to live in a week-to-week league. I mean, you have to win on Sunday. This is the biggest game of the year because at 3-5, and five, trust me, I've done this. You're not getting home from there. You're just not. Not in the NFC South with Carolina and you know New Orleans almost guaranteed to make the playoffs in the NFC. 
And Atlanta you're tied has already with run you're you tied down. With Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, they've already t- run and they you beat down. you. They beat you. Then they have a game in hand. So you're now in fourth. You're back in the cellar again, okay, where you've been eight out of the last ten years in the NFC South. Think about that. Eight out of the last ten years. And all but one time under, under Jason Light. You know, I mean, I said, look, I – these guys, I mean, this it's really hard to watch. It's hard to watch those guys in the press box who don't sit far from us and, and to see this happening. And, and you know that, you know, they're watching their careers in Tampa Bay just, you know, evaporate before their eyes with every throw. And that's that's how important it is. I mean, Jameis, you know, saying it's not about me, but it's always been about him. It was about him the day that, that Lovey Smith drafted him. And it's been about nothing else. OK, every draft pick you made whether it's an offensive lineman, every guy you resigned, every wide receiver you brought in here, every tight end, um, everything was done for Jameis Winston to succeed. Everything. Because if he couldn't succeed, you were never going to make it. And you needed a franchise quarterback, and you invested the number one pick, and by God, you were going to give him every chance. And now that they have built an offense, and I don't mean just an I mean a terrific offense around them, with a really good play caller in Todd Munkin, in a good system in Dirk Cutter, who's been successful wherever he's been, now is when he should really be having his most success. This is when he should be taking off, right? He's got the three years under his belt. He's got all the protection in front of him and the weapons around him. And he's playing as poorly as he's ever played. That's the problem, is that it's not about the guys around him anymore. You know, you could argue that maybe that was the case before. But they have done everything in their power to the exclusion of the defense, to the detriment of the defense and Mike Smith, who is fired, to make it all about Jameis Winston. For so Jameis Winston to say, this is not about me, hey, man, it's, it's never been about anything else. You're right. Every move they've made for the last two years now has been about putting Jameis in a position to succeed, mm-hmm. to take over and become that franchise quarterback that they hope they drafted and are still trying to cultivate. Yeah. Everything they've done. I mean, that offense is loaded. Probably to the detriment of some of the talent on the defense, although they've got some young talent now. Right, but that, they didn't draft some anybody promise, for but years. Yeah, right, exactly. Why. You know, it, it's just, I mean, it's astounding. Even in a game that they lost and were trailing big, right, because of the turnovers. But look at what they accomplished in this game. They had 29 first downs. They were 10 of 18 on third down. There were two of two on fourth down, 576 freaking yards. They averaged almost seven yards a play. Okay, that's per play, almost seven yards per play, 6.9 yards per play. You know, I mean, 450 yards passing. I mean, it's just, it's incredible that, you know, you could have this sort of production on offense and score, let's be honest, I mean, 34 should win most games. They needed 34 just to tie, and they had to rally with 18 in the fourth quarter to do that. It shouldn't be this hard is my point. Like, you've got everything you need. You just need a quarterback who won't do what? Turn the ball over. They won a game last week that they were they were down 3-0 in turnovers. And that's the other thing. The defense never gets a turnover, so whenever you turn it over, you're a negative whatever. They were minus three. This week they were trying to win a game and almost did with a minus four in turnover ratio. That's impossible to do. Absolutely impossible. It, it absolutely is incredible that, that th- th- as well as this offense is performing, that they can't get out of their own way. 
They can't. They can't. And it's because of one guy. It really is. It's one guy. And I and look, you know, last week, hey, Ronald Jones ran the wrong way, and that ball in overtime, you know, took the guy right to it, and okay, fine. And yeah, you know, you do have some people like you know, Ken Zaro, you know, misses again another extra point, which could have cost you. They, yeah, they, for they need to look for end. another kicker, too. Oh, he's got to be gone, don't you think? I mean, they worked out guys last Tuesday. This Tuesday, they need to sign somebody, I would imagine. I mean, you know. You, How you're much not, faith they, do they have in him? They can't I mean, have much I mean, I at all. I know he hit the long one to, you know, in overtime to win it last week, but then he comes out with well, his he, first extra point. His, you're ch- you're exactly. chasing points again. Again. And his thing is that, well, I never missed two in a row. Well, so what? <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. <laughs> no, I mean, if you miss one, the Great, cost every other one. Yeah, you're going to make 50%. The guy never makes two in a row. What, what do they call him? Unemployed. You know, I mean, they've had kickers that they fired for that. So. I mean, I think they said in the broadcast that Randy Bullock, when he missed his today, that was his first one he had missed. And Justin Tucker last week at Baltimore, the first yeah. one he missed. Canizero's missing one every week. He's missed four now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and, it, and they're big points. And they're points that they can't, that they have to chase and can't get back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, you know that, but aside from that issue, everything else on the offensive side of the ball is going well. And you know, look, you may get Gerald McCoy back. You know, I will say this: if Jason Light got anything right, it was trading for Jason Pierre-Paul. Oh. That guy's a beast. He had two more sacks on Sunday. Um, he's had six games in a row now with at least one sack that uh, ties Simeon Rice's record, I believe. I think Simeon did it twice. Yeah, and so I mean, not easy to do. And they only, and by the way, the only two sacks of the game were both by him. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is what this is sort of the way it's been all year. So they got that they got that right. So they might get a couple guys back. You know, we'll see if Benny Curry has a chance to come back or not. But you're going to play Cam Newton and those guys at home. They have a really good defense, and it'll be a hard test for whoever the quarterback is against Luke Keekley and those guys. And I don't know, man. It just. Jameis trots out there, and and everybody's going to be like, hope he doesn't turn it over. When's the turnover coming? You know, even when you move the ball, it's like two of his turnovers took points off the board. It just did. I don't know. I've never seen, like, this franchise, it's unbelievable to me that you can continue to go through these cycles with change the coach, change the quarterback. You finally get a number one overall pick. You take a Heisman Trophy winner that won national championships. It's been special everywhere he's been. But there were two things, you know, the the turnover thing and then the off the field problems with with uh, with a woman accusing him of sexual abuse. And that even that even came back to to bite him, you know, uh, this year when he missed three games because he was suspended for something uh, of that nature. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what's changed. You know, the only thing that n- nothing has changed. He is exactly uh, exactly what people were worried about when he came out of Florida State. And it doesn't seem like he can figure it out. You know, he's been given every opportunity and he'll probably get more opportunities. But oh, he'll get more opportunities. He's still only 24 years old. 
Right, but I mean with the Bucks. I mean, well, he the may, Bucks he may we'll well see. started on Sunday. Yeah. against Carolina. I, I think I think you're going to see Fitzpatrick start. Do you? I do. And if you go to Fitzpatrick, though, are you saying it's for the rest of the year? I mean, they said that about Jameis. I mean, you know, Dirk Cutter said when you put Jameis in, I believe that you don't pull a guy unless he's injured. You know, when you make that decision. So now he's going back on that word. You know, well, I th- I think this is going to be more about losing the team. I do too. I I, th- too. I think even as an organization, as much as they may want to put Jameis in, they can't stand that coach cannot stand in front of those players. Cannot and even as there, even though there's many of them that are Jameis, you know, diehards. This like isn't this isn't personal. This isn't and, and right. it doesn't mean the players don't like Jameis and don't think no, he's a good it, quarterback. It has nothing it to does, do with that. It doesn't mean that he won't ever play again, but. You cannot stand in front of those players on whatever day it is, Wednesday, when they get the game plan and say, okay, guys, we're going with Jameis, and he's going to play better, and he gives the best chance to win this Sunday. Because there's not a guy in that locker room that honestly believes at this point that Jameis, instead of Fitzpatrick, would give him the best chance to win. And I'm not saying Fitzpatrick's going to the Pro Bowl or he's going to win you a Super Bowl. I'm talking about Sunday's game. And if they're looking beyond Sunday, then that's a mistake because those players know. You know, they know that as far as Sunday goes, and they always say, hey, I'm going to play the guys who give us the best chance to win this week. Well, this week, the guy that gives you the best chance would have to be Fitzpatrick, have to be. And if they go a different direction, now you're lying to them. You know, now that's how you lose the locker room. Mm -hmm. Particularly against that defense in Carolina. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is even under their best circumstances when they're playing – Lights out. This is going to be a tough game because this defense can really, really play. And, and yeah, the Bucks are outstanding as far as putting up numbers and things like that. But they won't. They won't have all those numbers against Carolina. Nobody has. So yeah, it's just man. It was just all bad. It, it just that game was so winnable. The Bengals are so beat up. They're so average too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not impressed by the Bengals. I'm just not. I mean, I, I, I'm the running back. Now he can do some. Joe, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's been improving a lot. He really Giov- has. With Giovanni Bernard hurt. Yes, um, getting more carries yeah. and AJ Green's legit. Tyler Boyd's pretty good. Boyd had a big day. Uh, their tight ends have to... been beat up all year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Tyler Eifert, who's supposed to be you know the starting tight end, who's who's incredible when he can stay healthy. He can't stay healthy yeah. at all. They their starting center was out. Burfick was mm-hmm. out. All the, they were missing a ton of players. They got guys hurt in the game. I mean, I know the Bucks have injuries, but the Bengals yeah. had as more, as many or more, and they lost some guys during the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it was such a winnable game, such a winnable game that, you know, and if you win that game and you're four and three, and you're coming home or going to Carolina, and you got a chance to really notch it up in the division with a road win there. Um, even at four and four, you're okay. If you lose at Carolina, you don't want to lose a division game, but you still got to play them at your place. It's a road game. So it's, it, it's going to be some real soul searching time for Dirk Cutter and those guys. And then you got Deshaun Jackson who, you know, realized early on that when Jameis got back, his, his days were going to, you know, his, his production was going to be numbered. Oh, and he, had a ni- he had a nice reception today. He finally, they hit a 60 yard bomb to him. And it was perfect. And we hadn't seen it all year. But the rest of the game, he got two targets and no catches, you know, from Jameis. And then Fitz came in, and I think he had one catch for 29 yards or something like that. Um, I, I mean, I have expected, I'm telling you, I have expected Deshaun, when he took that ball in that end zone, to run through the tunnel over the bridge across the Ohio River and keep going to Pennsylvania. You know, like he does not want to be here. 
He wants to be someplace else and have a chance to win. And more importantly, he doesn't trust the quarterback. He doesn't think he can give him the ball, even though he got it to him one time. One time. And it's the first time all year. It was a beautiful throw. But you know that throw kept Dirk Cutter from pulling Jameis Winston? That he was that close after two interceptions. He says, I really thought about it. And then he hit the 60-yarder. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, we, maybe we'll get going. And I gave him more time. And therein, li- therein lies the problem with Jameis Winston. He does just enough to make you feel like he has so much promise, and then he breaks your heart. He absolutely snaps it in half. You know what I mean? So that throw right, kept Cutter from changing the quarterback earlier. Had he done that, the pick six may not happen. You may win that game going away. But he didn't make the switch because he does just enough to make you believe in him again. Well, as Dirk said you know, earlier this season, Jameis will be here longer than I am. Oh, well, no truer words may have been spoken than when he said that. And, and, and that's a tell, too, you know, because even if Dirk Cutter, and I get what he's saying. I mean, if Dirk Cutter, let's say he has all the faith in the world that Jameis is going to make it here and play another 10 years and he'll be, he'll be you know, 30, 34 years old, obviously Dirk's not going to coach for another 10 years as a head coach here, I don't think, because he'd be in his 70s. So, he, you know, you, you could couch it as, well, you know, he's right because he believes in Jameis and he knows Jameis is going to have a longer career than he will. Or... You could look at it and say, well, then he knows that he has to play him come hell or high water, and that'll get him fired, and Jameis will still be the quarterback next year, which is my belief. I believe that no matter what happens to Jameis this season, he's going to get that fifth year, that if they bring in a new coach or a new GM or whatever, they're going to say, save the quarterback. you got one year to try. If you just try for one more year, and then if it doesn't work out, we'll cut him loose. But that's what I expect to have happen if, if it goes south on, on the coaching staff and the GM. I think the odds are likely Jameis will be back next year, but I can play a scenario where he isn't. Yeah, and no, it's, I, it's where if they if they finish four and twelve, and have a top five draft pick, five and eleven even. Right. And you replace the coaching staff, the GM. You go get a quarterback. You convince Fitzpatrick to come back for a year, maybe to be your starter even, but to mentor right. a coach or to right. mentor the young quarterback, and you moved on. I mean, I don't know that this is a great quarterback class. The year from now might be, not next year. I mean, where are you going to get Will Greer from West Virginia? I mean, I don't, uh, I don't what know is it? exactly. Uh, Herbert or Abert or whatever his name is in Oregon supposed to be one of the best ones. I haven't looked at that closely at the class, but. Yeah. I mean, there's some out. There's always guys out there, right? Well, there always is. I mean, yeah. some, you know, this, this year seems to be deeper than most this past season. Right. When there was right. four, four taken in the first, what, 12 or 15 picks, whatever it was. Right. Let's hope we don't have to start talking about them taking quarterbacks again, but that's kind of where you're at. I mean, you got. Well, they, you they know, may do it regardless. It may be Jameis and a young quarterback next year. It could be. You absolutely could be right. I mean, you know, it's look, Bill Belichick takes a quarterback every three years. Well, and guys also trade for him, too. I mean, absolutely. look, Alex Smith went to Washington and, mm-hmm. you know, um, Minnesota, you know, has has their quarterback now, you know, and Kirk Cousins. I mean. You know, guys move around in this league. Mm-hmm. The guys like Jameis, you know, end up going someplace else and, and sometimes doing very, very well. I mean, Tampa is all too familiar with that routine. So, man, but tough, tough day for the uh, Bucks fans who probably really enjoyed the comeback but then hated the result, um, which seems to be all too common. But if you're a Florida fan at all of football, Ooh. man, I mean – I sat down to watch some of those games. I guess it started with Miami before the weekend even got here. 
Yeah, they played right. Boston College and got beat pretty handily. Yeah, which quarterback is a terrible problems, quarterback problems hurting them again. Yeah, absolutely. They don't. If you got two, you got none, and they're going back and forth, which means they got none. So you have that situation, and then Florida uh, again. If their quarterback could play, they would have won that game because their defense was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did everything they could against Georgia and goal line stands and look you know, this, got the this, ball back. This game turned out the way we thought it was going to turn out a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Before you know, Florida knocked off LSU, and before Georgia then loses at LSU, right? You know, this is kind of what we expected from this game. And Dan Mullen's first year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, look, was Georgia the better team coming in? Yes. Did it was that? I mean, going into the season, and even a few weeks ago, we said that. Of course, you know, Georgia loses at LSU, and then all of a sudden, now it's it's this could be a game, and and it was a game for a while. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't, you know, a lot of people are, you know, oh, this Florida's, you know, awful or whatever. So I, look, Georgia's a very good team. Uh, I, I was, look, I've been impressed with Florida, the way they run the ball, the way they play mm-hmm. defense. They just didn't make enough plays in the passing game. I yep. mean, they just didn't. He made one. And when he made the one, the touchdown pass, they were in the game for a while. And then the rest of it, you know, Felipe Franks didn't play good enough. But he may not be their quarterback next year. And, and you know, Mullen's got to have a chance to get his guys in there. And I think eventually he will. On the other hand, I thought Fromm, you know, made a nice bounce back mm-hmm. from the way he played horribly at LSU. And that was the talk all week. Like, you know, this guy was so clutch, you know, in the postseason last year yep. that he was supposed to pick up and keep going. And he was struggling a bit. But I'll tell you what, he played big. He played really big. Yes, and they did. ran the ball and did they did the things with Holy, you know, Holyfield and guys like that that they needed to do. And they get the W. And then Florida State, though. Woof. You can't get – look, as bad as it is for Willie Taggart and maybe as as bad as the offensive line is or as, you know, maybe Jimbo didn't leave a whole lot, there's no excuse to get beat the way they did to Clemson. Well, is there? And, and Jimbo said, this may be the first time I thought the team quit. And that's I bad. Agree. When your team's quitting, that's bad. Yeah, exactly right. you got to have some pride. You're, floor, you're still Florida State. You know what I mean? And they, they did not play – you know, to the, to the level of that program. And that's a problem. That's a big problem for Willie Taggart because he can't let it fall down, you know, to, to, I mean, I don't know what the record was, but it was, you know, 45 years since they got beat down like that before, you know, and then finally you had USF, which we said all year that their defense wasn't any good. And they got into a shootout with Houston. It was really entertaining for a good long while. And then they just couldn't, they couldn't keep scoring with Houston. Yeah, no, Houston's been their Achilles heel, and, and, and Houston playing without their best player, too. Uh, right. Oliver on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, you talk about a stud. Now, that'd be a guy to get in the first round if you were the Buccaneers. Yeah, he's 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 going to be playing on Sundays next year. Oh, Ed Oliver's great, yes. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, USF, I mean, isn't this what we kind of expected from USF? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? It's okay because everybody just thought they would continue on this 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 winning streak and – win 10 or 12 games again just because they had done it before. But this is an entirely different group for the most part. Totally different quarterback, obviously. And, you know, they, they, they were playing with fire. They were losing to teams with losing records. and, and or, or I'm sorry, winning against teams with losing records on one-possession games, which mm-hmm. you knew was going to catch up to them. But they put on a pretty good show in Houston. I mean, it wasn't like they didn't belong on the field with the Houston oh, Cougars. No, not at all. But, I mean, we kind of expected Houston would win this game. and Yep. You know, sure this did. was the first real test for USF this year, and and you know the eye test never said they were good enough to 
to compete at the highest levels. That's uh, right. Of, of even the American Conference. I mean, they're a good team. They're good. Right. But they're they're not what they were last year. They're not what UCF is. No. UCF had the best week of all because they didn't have to play. I mean, you, they picked a good week not to play. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the way things were going. Um, and they, they had some close some close calls of their own the last few weeks, too. So it was good good for USF. Meanwhile, or UCF, your Tampa Bay Lightning are who we thought they were. We're going to throw out the 7-1 to win in Arizona on the end of a five-game road trip that they kind of left Louis Domingue out to dry. And the fact that Victor Hedman might be nicked up at this point and hopefully yeah. – for the Lightning, not something that's going to be, you know. And Andre Palat's out, too, right now. And Palat is out. But I'll tell you what, that's a good hockey team. It really is. They are exactly what, what they hope to be. And you know what? To go, what, 3-1-1 one, one on a road trip like that, um, be coming home in the kind of shape that they're in, I mean, you, you got to feel pretty good with the way the Lightning has started this Look, season. They're 7-2-1 and one to start the season. So Terrific. There, there's, yeah. there's a formula in hockey that mm-hmm. some subscribe to that 96 points in the current playoff system, 96 points is almost guaranteed to get you in the playoffs. Right. It, it it's not guaranteed, but it's almost so sure. to, get, to get to 96 points. You got to get 12 points for every 10 games played. Mm-hmm. So in the first 10 games, they got 15 points. Nice. They're ahead of the curve. They're right where they want to be. Um, you know, you don't like the seven to one loss, but you know, you're going to have those games occasionally, especially when the schedule plays out, you know, that's their longest road trip of the season. I believe games wise right. it was five games in eight days uh, across several time zones uh, that was the the third game of, of four or th- third game in four days mm-hmm. in Col- Colorado where you have the high altitude then you go to Vegas and then to Arizona uh, you know you chalk that one up but seven two and one to start the season the defense is really good yep like a lot better than anyone was anticipating Ryan McDonough penalty, penalty kill is terrific penalty kills given up two power play goals all season right you know, which that was a bugaboo last year. So and, they're, they're, the Lightning are going to be fine. Yeah, I, I think they're more than fine. I think yeah. they're in one of the elite teams. And it was good to see Stamkos and Kucherov. Um, you know, I know you like to separate their lines, but they had some plays that were just terrific over the over the long road trip. Oh, and, they're going to play together occasionally, you know, especially coming out off a penalty or when you're trying off a penalty kill and they've been resting the whole time or on the power play together. I have no problem with it. Right. I don't like right. them on the same line all game long. But I, I think was, they look they get too pass happy. Yeah, and and, and they do. And it, but it was good to see some people finishing those passes that Stamkos made some brilliant plays mm-hmm. um you know over the weekend. So yeah, they're they're off to a good start. I mean, they, I don't have I don't you know, it was funny in the beginning we're saying well the Lightning can't score any goals right after about what two games, two games but yeah. um but they are who we thought they were and you know, it's uh, it was a good road trip. So now, who they they play on Tuesday night? They're home against the home. Devils on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then they've got Nashville coming in. Uh, they go on the road for the weekend. I think it's Montreal and Ottawa back to back. Right. And then they're back at Amelie again the following week on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And and Tom Jones just took this road trip with them. He wasn't with me in Cincinnati. Tom was in Las Vegas for a couple of nights with Joe Smith, our former writer, now with the Athletic. And I told them, you're going to have to get that Tiger back to Tyson, make sure that you valet park that <laughs> squad car, and find Doug. Like, where the hell is Doug? Because these guys, let me just tell you, they ripped it. And I think they enjoyed themselves a little bit too much there in Las Vegas. But uh, hopefully we'll have, we'll have Tom Jones on this week 
um, to talk uh, a little bit about the Lightning and anything else he wants to weigh on with the Bucks and some of the things that he's uh, got a chance to actually watch, I think, some football. Well, let's not forget how well the Lightning played in Vegas, too. Oh, they were terrific. I mean, they played fantastic in Vegas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, won that game last year. They lost the 4-3 to three there. 4-3. to they three. Gave up four power play goals to Vegas last season. Yeah. Um, this year they played. They won 3-2 to two, but played very well. Yeah. Um, Against a really good team. You know, the best thing about this Lightning team is they can win any way you want. Mm-hmm. They can go outscore you or they can play really good defense. You want to mm-hmm. you want to get physical or you want to skate, and they pretty much they answer the bell any way you want to play. I think that's what good teams do. I think that's what New England does in football, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I think I think good teams adapt and they and they're talented enough to to also play their game, but but can beat you at yours. And that's that's sort of what the Lightning has done. And um, you know, fast starts are important. I think they have seasons have momentum and. You know, so they they need they know how important it is to get points early because a couple of years ago they didn't do that yep. and wound up missing the playoffs by a game. So well, and last year that, it helped that they were cruising by the second half of the season. Sure it did, um, and that sure. helped them a lot. I think in the playoffs too. Absolutely. You know, the, Absolutely. Biggest, the biggest question is Hedman's health. I mean, he's going to be reevaluated in a week. So um, Andre Pilat's day to day. Hedman is going to be evaluated in a week. So we'll <laughs> see. You know how long he's out. But look, if you're if you keep as they say munching points, then you don't have to rush him back. That's right. And it did seem like the Lightning were, were overly concerned. I mean, they're concerned, obviously, but not not from a season-ending variety or something. Or that's even kinda, a couple months or anything. It doesn't sound yeah, like it's anything Yeah, like he's that, not going to so. miss a ton of time. So they will they have the luxury of, of making sure he's healthy before he comes back. And I think that's probably smart because they're getting a lot of good defense play as it is. And if they can get by without him, then that means, just means they're a better hockey team. So lots to talk about with the Lightning this week. Um yeah, it's going to be an interesting week of one buck place. We'll be out there uh, today and, and see if Dirk Cutter is any clearer on who's going to start on Sunday. He could come out and tell us today, or he could wait until Wednesday when he tells the quarterbacks. And um, more than likely, I think it'll probably be later in the week before we know. He may tell them sometime on Monday or Tuesday, um, but I don't know that'll be for public consumption, but we'll see sort of where that goes. Uh, and yeah, so... Lots going on. Hey, make sure you're here every Monday through Friday. And make sure also you go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where you're going to save 20% off all jewelry purchases. They got the best prices to begin with. Because you listen to this podcast, go see my friend Andy. You tell him you heard it on uh, our podcast, then he's going to give you 20% off. You can get that diamond necklace or maybe an engagement ring. Go see Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop. Believe me, you will not be disappointed. Make sure... You do that. Do you think the Red Sox will get their uh, World Series rings there? They might. You're I mean, absolutely as, right. as we record this podcast, they're up four to one in the seventh inning of Game Five. Uh, win tonight, yeah. and the series is over. David Price uh, pitch, pitching very well tonight. Well, look, when you win an eighteen inning affair, you know that's that that's really something. I thought the Dodgers were going to come back, and then the whole Rich Hill, you know, thing happened, and he pitched very very well, but. I think Boston's just been a better team all year, and they're they're going to prove it in a seven game series, and it's probably going to be over in five. But we'll see if we'll see if the Dodgers have one last comeback as we sit here and. I and worked an eighteen inning game in the playoffs once. That's uh, that's grinding. It's the last one, yeah, it was yeah, Houston two, and Atlanta, right? Yeah, Houston, Atlanta, two thousand five divisional series, game four in Houston. Uh, mm. Atlanta wins, and they go back to Atlanta for game five the next night. Crazy. Uh, they were up. I think it was. I believe it was five to one. In the eighth inning, crazy. They bring in Kyle Farnsworth, their closer, who gives up three in the eighth, one in the ninth, goes to extras, 
Roger Clemens gets the win. He pitched the 17th and 18th inning for the Astros. Hmm. Yeah, but that game only took five hours and 50 minutes, where the one the other night took seven hours and 20 minutes. Uh, it was insane. He got over at 3.30 in the morning, and Nathan Eovaldi, you know, who got his career resurrected by the Rays, was sensational, but he gave up the walk-up home run. But it didn't keep him down because they're on the verge of winning another World Series for the Boston Red Sox in the American League East, and that is what your Tampa Bay Rays have to put up with them and the Yankees, and you got to believe that Toronto and the Orioles will get better. Um, so, yeah, doesn't get well, any the Orioles can't get much worse. No, they were <laughs> they're rock bottom. Yeah, they're absolutely they're, they're rock bottom. And Charlie Montoya now has the job with the Blue Jays. So mm-hmm. they got some young talent like Vlad Guerrero Jr. waiting to come mm-hmm. up and a few others. Yeah. They, all your favorite, favorite 90s uh, baseball player sons are on the Blue Jays. <laughs> all they, their sons they are got on the Bichette, way. Bichette's son, Biggio's son, Guerrero's <laughs> son. Right. That's right. Is there an Alou out there somewhere? I'm sure. Pedro Martinez, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. So, But anyway, make sure that, uh, that you guys are here with us uh, this week. So, again, uh, from Cincinnati, the Queen City, where Steve Versnick spent a lot of his time, uh, we'll uh, be headed back to Tampa tomorrow and, and talk to Dirk Cutter, and we'll have all that for you on uh, Tuesday uh, right here on uh, Sports Day Tampa Bay. So, for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody, in spite of the Bucks' loss. I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about in the future. Thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.